0: Good evening all, Stephen Newton again with Rise Above Religion. We are still in part two, part two. uh, This is going to be now part two uh, A, I guess you will, because this is a continuation of where we left off from in the last teaching. Uh, We were getting some some stuff was coming forward. Oh my God, this is just, this teaching, the the Holy Spirit is truly just blessing us. And uh, I pray that the first... Uh, teaching part one was a blessing and then the beginning of part two and now we'll try to finish it up with this one here um so without further ado father in the name of Jesus thank you Lord again one more time as we come together this these are your precious sheep these are your precious people I thank you in Jesus name Father God for teaching them the truth teaching them your truth teaching them your word. And I thank you, Father God, that you've used me as the vessel. So think through my mind, speak through my lips, bring forth your word, Father God. Let it be revelation. Let it be truth. Let it be unhindered, unchecked by any outside entity. And I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, for the growth. I thank you for us finally realizing we can get in this word ourselves and let it and let it come alive to us. That we can obey it, and we can do it, and we can see the benefits and the manifestation. Of the finished works of Jesus Christ. Thank you for this grace gospel. Thank you Jesus. For paying the price for us. And thank you for the fellowship. That we are having. Through your word. In Jesus name. Amen. So quick recap. Part one. We started out talking about. <clears throat> faith in God. We examined faith. What that what that word means. And then broke down some scriptures. And understood what. Believing in God does, you know, how we believe in him, so on and so forth. So go back and, re- and listen to, to the first teaching. And then I promise you, it'll make sense about where we are now. And now we've come forward to belief in the word and belief in the word should produce us a result. Our belief in the word should cause us to act on what we believe and, 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 and what we should be doing. And remember, the title says, Faith in God, belief in the Word by speaking. So, first we have to have faith in God. Okay, and that comes as we get saved. We become born again. We believe in the finished works of Jesus Christ. We receive and get our salvation. Then, as we come into this lifestyle and this walk, this faith, this 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 faith. What is this faith? Well, it is a conviction. It is it is it is believing in God and in who He is and in what all that He's done. In His Word, and in how we're to live, in in correspondence with His will and purpose for our lives. So, we see some. We saw some examples of that, and we saw belief. Believing takes faith and trust in the Lord. We saw believing God manifest righteousness before the Lord, and that was through Abraham. But now, us in Christ, we don't have to worry about that because our belief in Christ and His finished works has now made us righteous. So we are God's righteousness. Through Christ Jesus, because of what Jesus did. And then we see belief brings forth and causes conviction. It convinces us that God is who He is and His Word is what it says it is and is going to do exactly what God already intended for it to do. All we have to do is agree. All we have to do is believe, obey, and speak it. Okay. And then we saw. The Centurion soldiers show us that and so on and so forth and now we've come over into part two where our belief in the word produces this action it produces this conviction to now where it causes something to come from us and what call what, what comes from us is a speaking destiny a speaking and creating because now we have the same creative power in us. That God spoke from in the beginning, that Jesus had when He walked on this earth, the disciples, all of them, we have that same power now. So, <clears throat> so basically, I broke down, you know, uh, an understanding of what the word um, belief is, and the word belief in the Greek is the word pistis, you know, which means persuasion. So, we understand that belief in the word is it, it, it brings forth; it's, it's a persuasion. We are persuaded by. Our faith in God, our belief in the Word, that everything He said is true, and, and, and there is nothing else that can refute it. Okay. And then we we talked about the two types of word, the Logos and the Rhema. Logos basically being the written word that we read, that we see, and we study, and the Rhema is the revelation that comes as a result of what was written. So remember, this is the order of how the word came. The word was first spoken. Okay, so it was spoken, and then it turned into the logos, which is an account, which means the spoken word that God spoke, the word that God words came out of God's mouth, came into an account from these various men, these holy men that were chosen by the Holy Spirit to make this account known to us, okay, and now us, when we get into the logos. We now partake of Rama. We now get the revelation, meaning that this word, which was already spoken from the foundation of the world, is not something new. It's new to our knowledge, meaning we have now come into the knowledge of it, but it's always been there. And now as we seek it out, we now pull and extract from it what God's intended meaning is, and we turn around And we begin to see our faith grow. We begin to see our belief in God grow. And then it produces us to now act on that by speaking that very word because God spoke. And now we spoke. I used a scripture before that Paul used in 2 Corinthians. uh, I believe it's the fourth chapter. And I'm going to read it real quickly just as a reminder. It's a refresher in a way. Uh, 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, and, uh, is it the 4th chapter? No, this isn't it. Sorry. Uh, let's see, let me go back to it. Where are you? Uh, sorry, I know. Uh, right. Yeah, it's 2 Corinthians, I was right. My fault. Oh, no wonder, I'm in 1 Corinthians. <laughs> Whoops! Uh, Here we go. There it is. So it is. I was right. 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter. 2 Corinthians, 4th chapter, 13th verse. And since we have the same spirit of faith, see? So remember, what are we dealing with in this teaching here? Faith, right? Or, Or, I'm sorry, belief, right? We dealt with faith already. Now we're dealing with belief. And so belief, we know belief, right? Okay, belief comes by and through the word of God, hearing it. So, so, we first have to have faith. Faith brings us to belief. Some see it the other way. Some see, oh, you believe and you have faith. No, we have to have faith. See, when you have faith, faith manifests that belief, that conviction. Faith helps that belief. We believe, so that's why Paul says, have the same spirit of faith. See, faith came first, then belief, okay? According to what is written, see? So faith came because we believe in uh, according to what is written, which means we had to hear what was written. As the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So here we understand, same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we speak. See, so I've given you really the whole message right there. I don't have to go no further, but I am anyway, because I am an employee of the kingdom of God. So uh, <laughs> for us to understand when it comes to these two types of word, Logos and Rhema, we now get the picture that first God spoke, then he had someone account his speaking and then it becomes revelation to us. So he had to speak it. Someone had to make an account of it and write it and become the Logos so it could be revealed to us and we be knowledge of it. We come to the knowledge of the truth. OK, and so we've come to understand Jesus is the word. So we understand who we believe in and what we believe in. Jesus is Jesus. God. The Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, one and the same. And the Word, as we know in John 1, tells us, in the beginning, who was there. In the beginning was the Word, and the then in the beginning was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says, He. So then the Word became a He, meaning Jesus was in the beginning with the Word. Okay. Then verse 14, became flesh and dwelt among us, so the Word came alive. It became living flesh and dwelt among us. Okay. So now we know, we now have a baseline of understanding what, who we're to believe in, and what we're to believe in. The Word, our faith is to be in God, Jesus, right? And we believe in the Word, we believe in Jesus by speaking the Word. Sounds simple, but I promise you we be complicated, so when we last left off, I took us over to uh genesis twenty two so we could look at Abraham okay, and I'm going to try not to get stuck here, but I want us to really really, really understand what happened in this in this in this area here. Abraham had already been through a couple of times where he's seen God work. he saw it when first God came to him in Genesis twelve. Said, get away from them folks that you call family and relatives and go over here somewhere where you don't know to a land that I'm gonna give you and give your this give you this nation that I'm I'm gonna create that's gonna come from you. He gave him a promise. Right? Then we saw God had, he had to believe in God again when Lot was kidnapped and he had to believe in God that God would would, would, would bring give him the victory. He did. Then Next, a covenant was made with Abraham that he would have an heir, which was Isaac, right? Okay. He had to believe that because remember, Abraham was old. So was Sarah. They were past birthing age. But God came through once again. Okay. Now, after this time has gone on, here's Isaac. And God wanted to make sure that Abraham hadn't forgot about him and that Abraham's faith Right, so Abraham had seen enough evidence of God and had believed God enough and God had proved himself enough to where Abraham had had basically realized who his source was for everything. And this is where we ought to be as believers. And remember, Abraham didn't have a mediator. Abraham had to believe God raw. He didn't have a go-between. He didn't have a buffer. He didn't have someone who had finished something. All he had to do was believe in what that person did. He had to believe God and take God exactly at his word. And now we've seen the word manifest in Christ, in, in Christ Jesus. And he finished God's will on our behalf. Yet we still struggle to manifest the finished works. Or the, excuse me, we, we 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 still struggle to manifest the The fullness of God's will and purpose etched out for us in the word. And we have it easier than Abraham did. God to God be the glory. So let's watch what happened. So we saw Abraham. We saw God tell Abraham to take Isaac up to the mountain to slay him. But Abraham did a couple things that were first of all, Abraham obeyed. You read it for yourself. I'm not going to read through it all again. I want to make sure I get through all of what I have and the time I have so I don't carry over anymore unless the Lord wants me to. Um, So here we are. Right. Here we are. Abraham first obeyed. He went and he obeyed. He took everything he needed Took a he took himself, Isaac, a couple of servant boys with him and all of the essentials needed for the sacrifice that God asked him to do commanded him to do okay he left those men behind once they got to the mountain that god said he will god god told abraham he would show him then we got to a place where isaac asked him a question isaac said hold on you got all this for a burnt offering where's the lamb and abraham responded watch this verse eight and abraham said my son god will provide for himself The lamb for a burnt offering. Now see we read that. And go right over it. Look at what Abraham did. He spoke faith. That is faith. Right there folks. That's belief in the word of God. Why? Because the word of God came to Abraham. God gave Abraham a word. And the word was. Take Isaac up here. And sacrifice him. As a burnt offering unto me. Take this, this, and this. But we know that a lamb is required for a burnt offering. Correct? So, he didn't have no lamb. This boy was to be the lamb. Right? Abraham got there. Isaac asked, wait wait a minute. We got all this. Where's Where's the lamb? God will provide for himself. Why would Abraham say that? See, God, he didn't say God will provide for us. He said God will provide for himself because he was the one that gave him the word. Folks, if you don't understand where I'm going with this, stay with me. If you are jumping up and down by now, you got the message. The bottom line here is is what I'm trying to get you to understand when it comes to believing in the word to where you can speak it. This is evidence right here. Abraham spoke the word of God. He said, God will provide for himself a lamb because he was the one that spoke the word. I didn't, you didn't, he spoke it. So if you want God's blessings and the things God's promised you to manifest and come to pass, glory be to God, then you need to speak his word because he's the one who gave you the purpose. He's the one that called you chose you, told you what he wanted you to do. So he's the one that has to provide, not you. Glory be to God, if we could wake up and see this, I'm telling you, we, the body of Christ, would be the strongest thing on the planet, and we're supposed to be. And we're coming into a time, ladies and gentlemen, where that is about to be the case. But those of you living in religion and living in that old thinking over there, if you don't catch this now, and I'm giving it to you Old Testament. We haven't crossed over into the New Testament yet, to where we really live. And if you don't see this example here, and I remind you, this man was doing this without having Jesus come be a mediator for him. He had to obey everything concerning his relationship with God was precipitant upon his personal obedience to the word of the lord wow unbelievable so abraham says my son god will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering so they kept on going abraham he went on and built an altar now see let me tell you something you new believers you 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 new new creation christians you, you 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 new creatures in christ this, you have a problem with this. Because this is why I'm telling you, the apathy in Christianity, because you don't we don't have this kind of faith right here. We don't believe like this. And we've got something we know to be true, and we got something we can hang our hat on. Jesus finished the work. All we got to do is believe in Him. Oh my God. So... This man sat here and he kept going forward. He was told to kill his own son before God. God told him put this put that boy on that altar as a burnt offering unto me. What in God's what 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 is keeping you? What can't you let go of for the for the word of the Lord to work in your life? What are you holding on to? Huh? Because let's continue and let's see what Abraham did, and I, then, then, then I think we can move on. Then, so Abram had built everything. Okay, now angel of the Lord came, verse eleven. So he said, "Here I," he said, "Hey, Abram, Abram, Abraham, Abraham." He said, "Here I am." He said, "Do not lay your hand on the lad, or or do anything to him." For now I know that you fear God since you've not, held, not withheld your son, your only son from me. I want y'all to see something. This is a type and shadow of the, of the crucifixion. God is the father. Jesus is his only begotten son. John 3.16, the scripture I used earlier. For God so loved the world, he gave. Abraham so loved God, he gave. Abraham so loved God, he gave. Abraham feared the Lord, and that fear is not a fear like he was uh, uh, afraid of him. It was a reverence for him, it was a, a deep respect, a deep love for him. It was a deep love for him. Do you understand? Matter of fact, let's 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 do some homework for a minute. Watch this, watch this. I want to show you something. Okay, let's go to Genesis, Genesis. Okay, chapter twenty-two. All right, and I'm going to show you. Praise God. Watch this. Okay. Watch this. Reverse. All right. And let's go to. Right here. Right here. Right here. Okay. It's the word. Yare. Okay. Yare. Fearing. Reverent. Afraid. But it's not that. Necessi- not the fear that you want to associate with like. He's petrified. Okay. Morally reverent. Morally reverent. Morally reverent. That's what I want you to understand. He believed in God so much and trusted Him so much. He was morally reverent of Him. Okay. Which means that he recognized that everything God... That he had was because of God. So to withhold anything from God would be a violation of morality on his behalf. It would violate this moral understanding between him and God in this relationship. So that would mean now he's done what? Disobeyed. Disobedience, as we know, was death back then. Separation. Okay. So, let's go back to where we were. So now, that gives us a clearer picture of why Abraham did not withhold Isaac from him. Remember, he promised Isaac. Why would he Why would he have him kill him? He just wanted to test Abraham to prove that nothing was above him. Nothing was above his relationship with God, not even his kids. See, our problem in Christianity is Here Christ is before us and we still got stuff on our throne instead of him being on our throne. So instead of him and the word being on our throne on the throne of our lives, we have other stuff in the way. That's why we don't believe in the word of God the way we should and we're not operating in the power that we should. Okay, so now let's continue on. Let's look at this. Let's go up to verse uh, 14. And Abraham called the name of this place. The Lord will provide as it is to this day. In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. So Abraham knew. That's why he said back in verse 8. God will provide for himself the lamb. And that reigned true for us. We couldn't, we couldn't get ourselves out of sin. So, here comes Jesus. Glory be to God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. This is the meat of this. A lot of this is in here. And oh my, you're in for a treat. Oh, this here. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 11. I know, Everybody. Oh, yeah, I've heard this scripture. I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, we'll see. Uh, Chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me share with you the revelation that came to me via the Holy Spirit concerning that scripture. Because in in regular Christendom and today's, and in in the, the more recent church, Setting, you've heard the teaching about this being a definition of faith. Then you've heard people say, no, it's not a definition of faith. This is showing what faith is. So, right there, okay, let's go with this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, faith is the substance. What is this title of this this teaching? Faith in God. Hello. So, faith is the substance. So, our belief and conviction in God is the substance. So, in essence, God is the substance. Faith in Him is the substance. Our belief in him is the substance. So he is the substance. Two verses I'm going to give you real quickly. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Watch this. Romans 12, Romans 12. Stay where you are. I'm going to just give it, write it down. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, this is Paul the Apostle through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure in one text, or the measure in another of faith. So, faith is the substance. God is the substance, the source of our faith. Hallelujah. And then, when we still looking at that, go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Quickly, 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 quickly. Mark chapter 11. I'm giving you the word. So it's it's not not what Stephen says. This is what Jesus said. And Jesus is the word. And Jesus is God. So there you have it. I, I, I have no stake in lying to you. Verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. So we understand faith, belief, conviction. We get it. But I submit to you. Over in chapter 11 of Hebrews. The ghost writer here. That I believe personally is Paul the Apostle. Because of the way it's written. He says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So God. God is the distributor of faith. That means he is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. What would be the evidence? The word of God. So now you can say what you want. Faith, that's a definition. That is what it is. Whatever you want to call it. In the end, you now have the clear picture and connection of faith and what it is concerning God and his word and our belief. <laughs> so we are to believe in God. And that's where our faith, how our faith is derived because he gives us that the, the, the ability to believe in him. And then the evidence is the word because I didn't see Jesus get crucified and rise, but I, but I know it happened. I didn't see the Red Sea parted, but I know it happened. I didn't see Goliath get slain by David with that stone, but it happened. So when you talk about faith, and when we talk about believing by the word, now we see Faith is God, faith comes from God, is belief in God, and evidence is the Word. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So Paul just, uh, the ghost writer here, just told us that it was framed by the word of God. And we didn't see God speak a thing. Because God is a spirit. So everything visible had nothing to do with what is visible. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed them, and and confessed, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So look at what happened here. All the patriarchs of faith, or even here, when it talked about, when you read from after three on, you read about Abel and Noah and Abraham so on and so forth and when you get to verse 13 the bible tells you they all died in faith they took faith to the grave they believed from beginning to end and here it is they never received the promise they never received the promise and what is the promise the promise is the grace the grace gospel of jesus christ that is the promise they never saw it they never saw Cain, they well, he saw Canaan, but they did, they, 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 he didn't see the children of Israel getting to Canaan, he didn't see the promised seed, which is Jesus. Wow. See, so these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, they were assured of them. That's conviction embraced them that's the belief they believed they had the conviction they were assured okay and the assurance came from God so they were assured by God they were convinced by God they embraced them so that means they held on to them they didn't let them go they didn't drop them they didn't they didn't throw them in the air they didn't quit they didn't turn their back on they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers. They confessed that they they weren't from here. So they, they had a knowing of something spiritual, even though they were void of the Holy Spirit. Good God. Verse 39, please. And the reason why this is important is because you can now see why we should believe when we have what we have. And, 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 Because if you look at it, they're putting us to shame. I I, I mean, I just got to be honest. Those of us who are Christians are being put to shame by those who never got to see the promise, who never got Christ, who never got salvation and redemption and reconciliation. They never got there. They knew it was coming, but they never saw it. And here we are. And watch this. Verse 39. And all these having obtained a good testimony through faith. So the writer recognizes that they have a good testimony. What is their good testimony? That they did obey God and God accounted to them as righteousness. And God was in, the, they had favor with God. That was, they had good testimonies because of, the, of their completion of their life in faith. They went from beginning to end in faith, even though they never got to see the finished work. Watch this. And all these, having obtained a a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. See, so they never received the promise of reconciliation and perfection in the spirit. So this the, the, the writer here is telling you they didn't get to the promise because God didn't want them to get there without us. So we got there. So did they. It just came after Jesus died. When Jesus died, remember, Jesus died. He was buried. He descended to the lower parts. That's in the scripture. He descended to the lower parts and ministered to the captives in captivity. And then he took them from Abraham's bosom and then took them up. And then remember, as Jesus came up, these people were doing what? They were resurrecting. They were coming out of the graves, walking around, because now... They were now given their glorified body so they can go ahead and ascend with Jesus as he ascended. They can now go to their original resting place in heaven with the Father and with Jesus, which is where we're going when Jesus comes back for us. Glory be to God. So as a result of it, they see the promise after his death, burial, resurrection, descension, ascension, and seeding. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. I hope you guys got that about Hebrews chapter 11 and 1 because that, I, I couldn't come up with that on my best day, I promise you. Romans 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to say this to you. I said it in the last one, folks, if you are not, and I repeat, if you are not speaking the word of God out loud to hear it, reading it with your eyes is going to do you no good. Okay. The word was never intended for it to be something quiet. God spoke it loud. He had to, so things could hear it and obey. He didn't just sit there and as this invisible spirit think in his mind, let there be light. And there was light. It uh -uh, it wouldn't have happened. So if you sitting here thinking, I got the word in me. And you know, and you thinking and you like, well, you know, it's just, uh, 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 well, I, I know that I can think. And no, no, no. The Bible says as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So that means What's in your heart, which I defined that earlier in the first teaching, if you understand what your heart is in, retro, in, 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 in retrospect to God and what he con- he considers your heart, if you think a certain way in your heart, that is exactly who you are. But that's not the same because we have to understand something. Yes, how you think in your heart will also be what may what what what. what will be what triggers what comes out your mouth. But we're talking about belief in the word by speaking. So when we look at faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God, it has to be audible. It needs to be you hear it. So when you do your daily devotional or you are studying the scriptures, you should be speaking it out loud so you can hear it. It can get it can get into your ear gate, and then it can and then your 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 heart and mind can begin to process and meditate on it, and chew on it, so the revelation of it can come by the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting there just eyeballing it, what are you learning? What are you grasping? What are you getting? It's it's a story at that point. It's not revelation. It's not truth. It's not doing something for you. It's not engaging you the way God wants it to where it's a true interaction. Studying the word is supposed to be, reading the word and hearing the word is an interaction. It is God communicating his word to you and he is now giving his word purpose because his word has purpose and the purpose is to create. But if you're not speaking the word that way, or, or realizing this is how the word comes. Faith comes by hearing. Can you hear something in your mind? I mean, some will probably say, yeah, I can. I've heard me, I've heard prayers in my head. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to speak it. I'm going to say it out of my mouth. Because the heavens and earth need to hear it. See, you heard what I just said? Heaven and earth need to hear what I got to say, because all I'm going speak is what came from heaven so that the earth can respond to what heaven says it's supposed to, because it knows the voice that came from heaven. And the word that I'm speaking is the same voice that came from heaven. So the earth will know what to do. Hallelujah. Glory to his holy name. Let's look at some examples and interactions of this very scenario, okay? We think we're doing good on time, but let's check this out, okay? And see, some of my scriptures here, I got ahead of, you know, but ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has His way. What can I say? Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Starting at verse 13. Praise God Almighty. This is the uh, situation where Jesus asked his men, who do you say, who, who do his men say I am? Let's go. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, that, I, that I, the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. They were close. Because he definitely is a prophet. But they missed this vital part here. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. The anointed one and his anointing. The son of the living God. So look at what Peter had. Peter had a revelation from heaven about Jesus. And he said he is the Christ he didn't say you are Jesus. He said you are the Christ. You are the one that God anointed. And this is why you are his son. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the one that he is embraced, embodied, and empowered. You're the one he's anointed. And you're the one that he has confirmed. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18. And I say to you that you are Peter. Now remember, his blood is God given, I mean, excuse me, his government name is Simon Barjona. Jesus just called him Peter. Okay, Peter in the Greek, and we, we can do that. Check this out. Okay. I'll show you real quickly, Peter, what that word is. So let me go to Matthew 16 and watch this. So, verse number 18. Okay. Thou art Peter and the word in Greek is the word Petros. Petros Petros means a rock or a stone, a rock or a stone, okay? All right? So a rock or a stone, okay? So he says, "And I say to you that you are Peter, a rock or a stone." And on this rock On this rock, on this Petros, on this revelation that you just exposed, that you just revealed, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you want to tell me now that binding and loosening happens in your mind, then turn me off now, because you going out your way to miss the revelation. Mm-hmm. Jesus asked a question that required an answer. And like I told you in the first teaching, all questions in the Bible, when asked, have an answer. And this is the answer. Jesus asked, who do men say I am? He asked two questions. Who do men say I am? Well, man says this. Okay, great. Got it. Who do you say I am? Peter, or Simon, was the bold one to say what he knew about who Jesus is. And then Jesus rewarded him by saying, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And upon this rock, Peter, that Petros, that little chip off the rock, my father, because he's the one who gave you the revelation, I will build the, uh, upon that, that 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 piece of revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will build against it and whatever you bind on earth and I will give you the keys of the kingdom, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The keys are binding and loosening. Open your mouth, bind it and loose it. If it's not supposed to be here, bind it up because it's bound in heaven. And then loose on earth what's already loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. How hard is this, folks? We make, we complicated. See, believing the word of God produces an assurance that no one can change. That's what I've been showing you this whole time. These people and their belief in the word got them to a place where they had an assurance. Those men that Hebrews talked about, they died in faith, but it told you that they uh, uh, embraced, they confessed, right? And they were insured. They had an assurance. They were assured. So they had it from beginning to end. Nothing was changing their minds. See, some of us in Christianity got to stop being having our minds changed because we easily have our minds changed. Would you, would you agree? And it's based on circumstances that truly the word has already fixed. All we have to do is just find the word and speak to it and it's done. It's over. Amen. Let's look at Jesus as our example. Now, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Let me see if I can hurry up here. Time is ticking on me. Luke 18, and we know what this is. I use this actually in, in, my, my, in one of my, my classes in uh, Bible college right now. And uh, this this text I used as uh, uh, something I had to use for a discussion. And, and, and you know, because it's apropos. Um, and bottom lines, we know this is where Jesus went into Nazareth where he was from and went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and they handed him the book of the prophet Isaiah and he found the place where it was written and in 18 he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight of the blind, to sell liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the scripture over in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, if I'm correct. Now, there is a difference in this scripture than in Isaiah. Go find it and let me know what you find. That's a whole other message. That's why I don't want to get into it. Okay. And so then he closed the book and gave back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? See, the point of this is to show you Jesus knew the word. Jesus believed in the word. Jesus acted on what he believed by speaking the word. Hello but the people it's in the book he says it he tells them it's fulfilled in your hearing and they marvel but then turn around and relegate him to being joseph's son it went it went right over their head sad let's go to uh, uh mark I used this scripture earlier but now we're going to get to the bare bones of it mark chapter 11 hallelujah hope this is blessing some of you Mark eleven twenty to 24. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering to him, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Now, what happened is Jesus uh, was on the way to the temple or from the temple. And uh, he was hungry. Uh, before going to the temple, excuse me, he went on the way to the temple, and he was hungry, and he saw a fig tree, and it had no fruit on it, so he cursed it. So now all this time had passed. They come back the, the the following day, and the and the tree is now completely withered, and it was dried up from the roots. And what this was was this was a depiction of Israel. See, Israel didn't believe in Jesus. And these signs and things that we saw in his itinerary ministry were were revealed. Rejection at Nazareth, the scribes and the Pharisees constantly wanting to test him, and then people not believing in in the message that he's bringing forth. Then uh, the temple and the condition of the temple. They disrespected the temple by making it a den of thieves, where it was supposed to be a house of worship See, and a house of alms people can give and others who don't have can receive but that wasn't the case so Jesus cleaned up clean all that out and then as they were moving moving going back now we see Jesus act in faith and this my friends is one of the nine spiritual gifts that is spoken of over in 1st Corinthians 12 in action the power of faith faith Jesus' faith and the manifestation it was manifested in when he spoke produced power that made something happen it made this tree dry up so the word that Jesus spoke and the faith the belief in that word made this thing dry up and the depiction here is a symbolism of Israel drying up because they don't want to anchor themselves in Christ and, and be rooted by faith in who Jesus is as the Messiah and the Savior. So, the tree being cursed is real, but it is a depiction of Israel. Okay, Because Israel, Jesus is... God is the tree. Jesus is the branch. Or the vine, excuse me. And we are the branches. And the branches are supposed to produce fruit. Because we're hooked up to the vine. And the vine hooked up to the tree. The tree is God. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. This is John chapter 15. If you don't believe me, go over to John chapter 15 and read it for yourself. God is the tree, Jesus is divine, we are the branches, and fruit supposed to come from us. So here, a fig didn't come. Jesus was hungry, he went to that tree, nothing was there. It was barren. Even if it was out of season, it still should have produced a bud or something to show that something was on its way. But it didn't. Same thing with Israel. Verse 22 Jesus answered and said to them Have faith in God. I said that in the first teaching. Faith in God. So our faith in God belief in the word by speaking for surely I say to you whoever says to this mountain so have faith in God as you have faith or belief in God It's going to cause you to act. It's going to cause you to do something. It's going to cause you to say something. For surely I say to you, whoever says, did he say Jew? Did he say Israel? Did he say Greek? Did he say man or woman, young or old, fat or thin? He said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast to the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt in his heart. heart, But believes that those things, which things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I, I want to help you guys with this word, therefore. In Christendom, in church, we hear therefore. and People say, see what it's there for. Got it. Okay. That's one way to look at it. Watch this. When you see the word, therefore, in scripture, I want you to vivid vision and arrow. At the front of therefore, and another arrow at the end of therefore. Each end of therefore is pointing you to the initial start of the conversation and then the final outcome. So remember, he just said, say to the mountain, be thou removed, right? He said, first have faith in God. Then he said, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, and be cast to the sea, and does not die his heart, but believes that whatever he says... Those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, so therefore go the, the, the beginning, the arrow at the beginning points you back to have faith in God. And then having faith in God will have you saying something. And then as long as you believe in your heart and don't doubt, you'll have what you say. Then the other end of therefore takes you to this. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus first started by saying to us, have faith in God. And he assures you that whoever says to the mountain, be thou removed, be removed, be cast to the sea. And don't doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Glory be to God. Ah, I'm pressed, I'm pressed, I'm pressed, I'm pressed. Oh, this is good stuff. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter chapter 6. 63 and 64. Word of the Lord reads, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That should help you even more understand that your, your works can do nothing to produce the power and the, and, and, and the manifestation of God. Continuing, the words I, that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And I put this in here, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. That isn't just talking about Judas here. There were men. Remember, Jesus had more disciples in the 12, the 12, the 70 and others. In this text here, Jesus is going to lose a whole lot of them because when you go back and read all of chapter six, after Jesus produced that final miracle, he goes into teaching about the bread of life and who he is. And it was a hard saying unto them and you'll see uh, further down where the Bible says that um, verse 66 in that time, his disciples went back and walked with him no more. But they said it was a hard saying. And Jesus understands understand why it was a hard saying, but it was because they didn't want to go of their religion and, and their tradition. So as a result of it, They missed out. See? And so, it's to understand when you don't believe, this is a result. See? If you just hear trying to believe the word of God or believing in the word of God for your own personal gain, which is what Jesus was exposing in chapter 6, they were only there to get fed. Meaning their bellies to get fed. They weren't getting fed off the word or off of him because they were supposed to eat off of him. Not what See, they were with him for the fame and for the benefits that came with being with him, not with him because they were learning something and being discipled and being prepared to now go out and minister his gospel to the world. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. See, there were Jews who did believe him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Quickly, John 15. John 15, quickly. John 15, verse 8. As the Father loved me, I also love you. Loved you. Abide in my word, in my love. Excuse me. John, I'm sorry, I said eight, my fault. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 16 says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and, and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask my Father in my name, he may give you. Look at that. Praise God Almighty. Chapter 16 and verse 23 says this. I'm just moving fast because this is about to end. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. And lastly, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which I already read. I'll say it one more time. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I have believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise you up with Jesus and will present us with you.